0: Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Shout out Joel, Old Testament, the book of Joel. It's right toward the end, and this is an end-time prophetic book. We're going to continue in our series of more. We're talking about the Holy Spirit, how when the Holy Spirit comes into our life and you become a spiritual person, He brings more. Uh, The Holy Spirit is all about bringing more. Last week we learned about how He brings more power for our prayer. And uh, so this week is continuing with that. We're going to look and talk about men. Joel is an end-time prophetic book, and he writes some things about the end times, but he also has an end-time message, I believe, for for men that's in chapter 3. But I want you to look at chapter 2. And when you're there, say, I'm there. If you need a minute, say, go ahead without me. <laughs> Joel chapter 2. I love that name, Joel. Joel's a good name. Chapter 2, you recognize this. And it shall come to pass afterward. How many know he's writing in the future? Afterward. Long after I'm gone, Joel says, that God will pour out his spirit on all flesh. Your, souls and, or your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. How many recognize that? This is what was, uh, began to come to pass in Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost. And he just continues in this chapter with what happens when the Spirit of God is poured out. Right in chapter 3, verse 9, he looks and he has a message for us men today. And he says this in verse 9 Proclaim this among the nations, prepare for war, wake up the mighty men, Lord Jesus. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Take your farming equipment and turn it into a something for war. Get ready for war. Whatever occupies your time video games, whatever, fantasy football, men, whatever it is, those are all good, but it's time to kind of put those down and pick up some weapons of war, because it's time to engage in a spiritual battle for your family and for our country. Am I at the right church this morning? Okay, that's what he's talking about. And then I want to show you, if you can put on the screen, Revelations chapter 1, Revelations chapter 1. Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. How may even say amen to that? Sin can only be atoned for by the shedding of blood because sin is so bad. And so Jesus died on the cross to atone and take care of all of our sin. How many are thankful for that today? And this is also what Jesus did on the cross for us men. And he has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. I want to talk to you this morning about awaken the kings and priests. If you're a female, awaken the queen. But if you're a guy standing up, tell the person next to you, you are sitting next to a king. Look at that other person that's looking all confused right now and say, you're also sitting next to a priest. Father, we thank you for your word today. I pray, God, you would anoint me to speak your word today on this Father's Day. Anoint the listeners today to receive your word. Father, let this be more than just a message and a sermon on a Sunday, a Father's Day message. But God, you are into transformation. You are into building on what you've already been preaching and saying week after week after week. We hear it today, whether we are brand new to the faith or we've been serving you for years, I pray you would give us fresh manna today and remind us, some of us, of what we already have learned but maybe have forgotten, that we are kings and priests. And I thank you for it today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated today. Awaken the kings and the priests. The definition of a father in Webster's dictionary is you ready? A man with children. That's it. That's the definition of a father. A man with children, naturally, biologically, or uh, adoption, it, it's simply a man with father. It's pretty easy. And I would say it's pretty easy to fulfill that definition of a father. It's pretty easy, right, guys? It's pretty easy. Simple biology, and boom—you are a dad. But according to the Bible, God's standard and His way of living, the definition of a father is quite challenging. It's, it's more. Everybody say more. We're in a series about more, and it's so much more. It's challenging. It could be even overwhelming. That's why. That's why God has given us His Holy Spirit. Listen, God wants to pour out His Spirit in these last days on all flesh. And when he pours out his spirit on all flesh, when God's spirit comes upon a person, it changes us forever. When God's spirit comes upon us and we become born again, we become a Christ follower it changes us. It changes everything about us. Isn't that what the text said? Your son I want to pour out my spirit on all flesh, your sons and daughters. They will dream dreams. They will see visions. It don't mean that young men can only have visions and old men can... No, no. He means that when the Spirit of God comes upon you, you become a spiritual person. It, it changes every part about your life. Now, in our culture today we we have this new thing that is called be spiritual we talked about it on wednesday night i've been talking a lot about it it's like it's like the fad and the thing that, that many people are, are okay with being spiritual but there's this spiritual thing that's happening where people are spiritual but they're not biblical and and, and i want you to know that you can't do this See, here, here's the thing P- people Nobody has a problem with God's love. No one has a problem with God loving us. No one has a problem with loving our neighbor, all of that stuff. We all love it. Everybody talks about that. Yeah, I'm a believer. God loves me. God loves, I love hearing that he loves me and that he is a loving God. Nobody has a problem with that. What people have a problem with is the holiness of God. It is the standards of God. It's this thing right here. That's always been the problem for us men. We, we hate to, to submit to anything, and, and, and we love to be on our own throne, right? We don't like to get off the throne and put God on the throne. So, so we find ways around things, and you find people in the Bible like Cain who uh, tried to find his own way to serve God, and the Bible says God did not respect him nor his offering because he did it his way. King Saul lost his entire kingdom because he did things his way instead of God's way. And this is the tension we live in as believers. I many know what I'm talking about. When you read scriptures in the Bible about living for Christ and you're reading it in your morning devotions and you're having your coffee or your Red Bull or whatever it is and you read the Bible and he tells you to, to love your husbands and respect your husbands and love your neighbor and all that, you have a decision to make whether you're going to do it God's way or you're going to continue to do it your way. I mean, all this is basic stuff, but this is really where transformation takes place in the life of a believer. When you're alone and you're reading these scriptures, because you're going to be faced with a decision. The book of James says, the word of God is like a mirror. It comes right up before you and it shows you those areas that we need to adjust if we want to do it God's way right? Amen. Amen. But today in America, we don't like to do it God's way, but we love, we still are empty on the inside. We still need to be fulfilled. And we know it, it's through the spiritual realm that that happens. So we got a bunch of people that are being spiritual, but not biblical. Beware of that. God said, this is the way that comes. The whole purpose of the spirit of God is to give us power to live holy. I mean, the name of the spirit is Holy Spirit. <laughs> Right? And so when we get the Holy Spirit, he changes our life. And one of the things he does particularly is he gives us our new identity. I've been talking a lot about identity this year since Vision Sunday. That's like the thing God gave me, our identity. Because when we know who we are, we know why we are here and we know where we are going, right? Identity, purpose, and vision. And it's the same thing with men. Us men, we've we've been... a lie for most of our life growing up. You know, I was going to begin with some corny dad jokes. I was going to ask Nick Estemeyer to help me out. He's the king of jokes, but, uh, just going to get right into it instead, but we're known, and that's cool having those jokes, but we've, we've been fed most of our lives, right, men, to, to, uh, what meant to define manliness by things we watch like Rambo and the Terminator, you know, okay, I'm from the 80s. So that's, you know, and that, that's like feeds and those shows are great. Those movies are great, but, uh, they really kind of don't define manhood the way the Bible defines manhood. Amen. Amen. And so that's what I wanted to talk about today. But in order to fulfill the role of a king and a priest, we need the Holy Spirit. And he gives us our identity. And we are in an identity crisis in our nation. Wouldn't you agree? that the identity is the most confusing thing to talk about today. We have it from a debate going on with children and gender and, and sexual thing. That, I mean, just it's just crazy, and it's all over identity. You ever notice that? Because identity is so important. Because when you know who you are, you know why you're here and where you're going. If you don't know who you are, you have no purpose and no vision for your life. You just follow whatever everybody else is doing. Identity is that important. And for men, God says, I'm going to pour my spirit into your life. So you can be more than just a man with kids, but you can be a king and a priest. But the truth of this has been hidden from us. And I was thinking about this this week, about Juneteenth today and June 19th. And, you know, you go back in history, like I said earlier, that the Emancipation Proclamation was signed by our president, Abraham Lincoln, right? uh, In 1863, January of 1863, ending slavery. And, but do you know, in the state of Texas, where most of the slaves were, they did not get the memo. They did not. They were not told that the Emancipation had, uh, and the Proclamation was signed. They didn't tell them that. So the slaves continued to be in bondage in the state of Texas uh, all the way until June nineteenth, eighteen sixty-five. A year and a half later. I wrote this guy's name down, by General Gordon Granger, who went to Texas and said, hey, you guys are free. They didn't know that they were free. Listen, the truth won't set you free, knowing the truth will set you free. You see that? The truth was signed by the President of the United States January 1863. Before a year and a half, slavery continued in the largest area of slaves all the way into June 19th, 1865. A year and a half later. Why? Because the truth was out there, but they didn't know the truth. It's the same way with today. The truth is out there of how you and I are to live our lives. And men, the truth is out there of who we are as men. Who God intended us to be as men. But the truth won't set us free until we know the truth ourselves. Till we know it. You gotta know this stuff. We gotta know who we are and know why we're here so we know where we are going. So what does it mean to be a king and a priest? What does it mean to be a king and a priest? Let's talk about a king for a few moments. We are kings, guys. Let's call it kingdom men okay? We're, we're called, if you are a man, uh, God's identity for you, if, even if you're single and you don't have a, a kingdom yet, a family yet, you are a king in training. You are still a king, Zechariah. You are a king. You are a king, Wyatt. Why? Why are you a king? Watch this. Because the kingdom of God is in us. Therefore, it makes you a king. Jesus said this, uh, he said this in Luke 17. He says, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. I love this. Whether you feel it or not, men, whether you feel it or not, and let, let, me, let me just, I, I'm, I'm coming from an area today of not wanting to just get on our men. Listen, it's hard being a dad. There's a big responsibility in being responsible uh, for your family and for your kids as a parent, period. There's a lot of pressure put on us men. Come on now, it's okay. Say, yeah, amen. There is. And I'm coming from a place today where I had to learn this stuff. I had a great example as a dad, but I didn't know that truth for myself. Dad was the truth. He lived the truth, but I didn't know it for myself. I was still living in ignorance. I was still living in bondage and slavery to whatever the culture said was men, whatever MTV said was men. I love my MTV. (laughs) In VH1, video jukebox, if you were in, on the east side of Detroit, amen. What, whatever the videos, whatever culture said was a man, and a man is supposed to be a man with, with all the girlfriends and, and all the money. I mean, that kind of image is how I grew up. You might have grew up in a different uh, context, but we are fed alive for many years. So I had to learn this stuff, and I, I became a dad at 19 years old. When Felicia was born, I was just turned 20, and Melinda and I were, were kids, and we didn't even know... Uh, what in the world we were doing and I had to learn this stuff. It's very intimidating. I remember being embarrassed in a way to even tell people I was a dad. Not that I was embarrassed of, of my kids, but I, I was so unprepared and I was so, I, I didn't feel like I was a dad. I was not worthy of being a dad. I, I, I wasn't living up to that standard. I knew it and I didn't know how to be a dad. I was, I was living in trouble. I was in and out of the legal system. Uh, I would try to be a good dad. Let me just tell you this. I would try to be a good dad. I would try to read stories at nighttime. You know, in my mind, that's, what, that's part of my role. Goal is is to be a dad was to provide for for my family and to have money and to work and I always had that and that's kind of what a king does and that's good most of us have that naturally amen uh, but the the part of being present and leading my family and being the king of my home the way God intended me to be the kingdom of God I didn't have and there were things that I, I did. I, I was not a good parent. I, I tell you that in the very beginning, I would stagger in there uh, drunk and, you know, uh, on something and try to get the storybook out. We was in, I was involved in street violence at that age. My house got shot up in the front bedroom where my daughters live. They shot my front of my house up. I mean, this is where I'm just being transparent with you today. Don't let the suit coat fool you. Amen. And sometimes people hear these stories and you're like, I can't relate to it. Listen, I was in, in and out of that. I had addiction in my life. I was in and out of the streets and I lived that kind of life. And, and I was a protector. Oh, yeah, I went after him. I mean, I got myself in a lot of trouble. And that was the, the law of the streets is what I live by. And, and I, I did a good job in protecting, but I did not do a good job in anything else. But God. But God. And so, I am just want to connect with some folks here today. You may not have had come from that kind of a background, but you're listening to, to the standards that I'm going to give to you here in a moment, and you feel like, man, I can't do this. And I want you to know, no, you can't, and I can't either. But God said, I will pour out my spirit, and it will make you a king. It will make you a priest. It will change you from this day out. And it was able for you to walk. And listen 25 years walking as a king and a priest of my home, haven't drank a drop of alcohol or smoked any drugs. Or did anything like that in 25 years not that I'm trying to be self-righteous because I'm not perfect ask my wife but I'm telling you that this thing works what thing being all in come on being all in if you just want a patty cake with religion and want a little bit of Jesus then just you know take a little nap we'll be done in about 20 minutes and enjoy the rest of your day but if you are wanting to walk in the authority and power and the anointing of what God wants you to walk. And even if you messed up even this weekend, even if you didn't, you did something, you're in the right place. I'm glad you're here today, and I'm glad you're listening to this. Because God's mercies are new every day, and he's able to, to pick you up. I struggled with a lot of other things, although I beat the big drugs, but there was a lot of attitudes and a lot of problems and things I had that God had to, and he's still working on me. Hey, how many would say, I'm still in the process? but God's spirit is what that does. So a couple of things that kings do. Let me just tell you, there's, a, there's two things here that I wanna bring up about kings that are different than earthly kings. So a kingdom man that has the kingdom of God in us. Yeah, we're kings, but the Bible teaches that us men as kings, we're different than the kings that we may see in lords and rulers and owners and CEOs and bosses of this world. The culture has another definition. The biblical one is a couple of things. One of them is is that how many kings have authority and power? men God has given us he's given us authority and power he's just given that to us but listen we are called to to empower others not overpower others we that don't mean we are a dictator of our home we we are called to empower others. a kingdom man empowers others he, he empowers others, and when we walk in this integrity, when we walk in this character, and when we, when we walk with this honor and this respect, and, and, and we honor and we walk like that, just like people will see that, they will know what team we belong. Just like men, when we wear a jersey, everybody knows what team we support. Everybody knows what team we support, right? But well, when a man of God, when a man walks in his integrity and his, his character and, and doesn't compromise and, and becomes a man like that, everybody knows that God's got his hand wrapped around that man. You are a kingdom man. And I want to come alongside of us and say, let's awaken to that today. Let's awaken to what God's called us to be and, and awaken us to what he wants to be. And the first thing is, is this power and authority. But we are called to empower others, not overpower others. Number one, kingdom men empower our wives. Do you know we are called in scripture as kingdom men to not overpower, but empower our wives. All the wives ought to be shouting right now. There's a scripture in 1 Peter that says this. It says, in the same way you husbands must give honor to your wives. Uh Uh-oh. He says, treat your wife with understanding, and as you live together, she may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. Fellas, uh, is our prayers not getting off the ground? This scripture says it could be because we are not empowering our wives. Man, you see this. You see, you see how we are called to do this and what responsibility that it puts on us that, but he, and some of you women may look at that and, and what stands out to you is the weaker part. Listen, don't, no, no, no. What do you mean you're weaker? No. It, it just simply means this, that God has created male and female different. And let me just tell you, it's okay. And I, most women, I know probably all women are okay with that. It just simply means that, that men are created by God to be a little stronger. Our bone density, our muscles, most men are a little bit stronger in these areas physically and emotionally. That's just how it is. And women, God created you to be, in, in this term, a little weaker in, in far as men, that kind of strength. But that doesn't mean women are less valuable. It doesn't mean women are secondhand class people. In fact, did you see the next word that you really need to focus on is that you are equal partners In the kingdom of god Do you see how god's definition Of a king and a queen runs the home You ever drive with someone who drives with two feet I had a friend that drove with two feet and it's like And I finally had to say hey mike put your foot against the seat and leave it there I was gonna tie it You know what he would do He would try to use both of his feet to operate the vehicle Listen you have a gas pedal and a brake pedal. They're both equally important, but you can't have it both ways. You got to let one lead and one say no. How many know the husbands will try to lead, but sometimes it's good to have a wife that says, I don't know about that, baby. But if you both try to do it, you end up living your family and your kids like this. You're giving everybody whiplash. You don't know when to make a decision. You don't know what to do. We need some men in the house to say, hey, I'm going to drive. There's one steering wheel, but you can trust me to lead in this. That's exactly what it is. A brake pedal, you got to have both. Everybody knows you got to have both. And in the home, this is how God has set it up. It's the same way. And I think our culture tries to make fun of that. It tries to, to make women out to be in the scriptures like this, to twist God's words into saying that women are inferior. No, 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 that's on the contrary. You need both of them in order to have a healthy home, you know, in, in Jesus' name. You with me on that? But men, we can build up our wives or we can tear them down. We can build them up or we can tear them down. Kingdom men also, I got to move on. Kingdom men also empower our children. This is so important. And this is so natural for men to do this. Is that, you know, men have the ability, us dads have the ability to do one of the greatest things in our family when it comes to our children. Are you ready for it? It's giving them affirmation affirmation is one of the single most important ingredients to a healthy man as he grows up and it only can come from his father and look at jesus's life when he was in the river jordan when he got baptized he did not even begin his ministry until the voice from heaven said everyone listen up this is my son in whom i am well pleased what was he doing this is my boy this is my boy, and I am well pleased in him. Why did he do that? Was, that? was that unnecessary? No, it was very necessary, because Jesus, in his humanity, needed that from his father, because only a father could get that, and that is so natural for us dads to do that. And that's why sometimes you, we struggle as men, because maybe you're a man, listen to this, and you did not get that from your earthly father. But I'm telling you here today, the good news is, that's why the Spirit of God was given by him. Because he said, I will be a father even to the orphans. And I will defend the fatherless. I will be a a father to the fatherless. And I want all men to know here today that God, your Father, is well pleased with you. He has made you the way you are. You are unique. Embrace it. Amen. Hallelujah. But that's a natural thing that we do as dads, man. Let, let's let our kids, man, dream. Let, let, them, let them, you know, tell them that they are good enough. Tell them they are good enough. i still as old as I am. Get those words when my dad says to me, Eddie, I've been preaching, because my dad's heard every message I've ever preached and preached it better than I have. And I've stolen half of them from him. But you know what? You all know I'm 50. At 50 years old, when dad walks up and texts me and says, last week, in fact, I've heard prayer messages all my life, Eddie, but that was one of the best ones on prayer. I'm telling you, there's something inside of me that goes, why? That's a natural thing. And it, it comes from the fathers. It Actually, in Deuteronomy, listen to this, it comes from the grandfathers as well. I've been reading some grandfather scriptures. And it says, grandfathers, tell your sons and grandsons. Why sons? Why not the daughters? Because when it comes to this role, mama does a lot of important things that daddy can't do. But this one right here is on daddy. And it's something that we can empower our kids to do. That's why the enemy is after our fathers and our dads and confusing us who we are, making us feel like we're not good enough, we're worthless, we're not important, because he's trying to get your voice. Hallelujah. Fathers, kingdom men empower our children. I thank God for this church having so many godly men who are involved in every one of these ministries. Because that drives me to my second big difference between an earthly king and a kingdom man. Number one, they empower, not overpower. Number two, a kingdom man is a servant leader. And Jesus said it like this in Matthew 10. He says, for you know that the rulers of this world, uh, they lord it over them. Kings of this world are, everyone wants to be the boss, right? And they boss over people. And those who are great exercise authority over them. He said, but yeah, it shall not be among you But whoever desires to be great, whoever wants to be a kingdom man among you, let him first be a servant, just as the son of man. And I love that Jesus said, I'm not going to tell you boys to do something that I'm not going to do. That's servant leadership. For the son of man did not come to be served. Jesus didn't walk around every time he went. When he came, he didn't have the apostle Peter saying, everybody, here's Jesus. And he steps out of a limousine and put that on Instagram and he's got his sunglasses. And he's like, how many likes did that get you? You know, what's up? Everybody, that wasn't Jesus at all. In fact, when people looked at Jesus, they said, who is this? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? That's the same, because Jesus was the way he walked and the way he carried himself. But he says, this is the way we are to be as kingdom men, is to be servants, is to be a servant leader. If you walk down our breezeway here at the church, you'll see seven core values all the way down. One of them is servant leadership. If you've been a part of our church, I thank God for this church. Our leaders are servant leaders. That's who we are as a church. We're not going to ask you. I don't ask anybody to do something that I wouldn't do. Cutting grass or cleaning toilets. I'm telling you, we still do them from time to time here. To, I, why? I'm I just saying it's, oh, look, we No, I'm doing it because I'm leading. And Jesus said, hey, I'm going to wash people's feet. I want to show you this real quick. There was a, there's a, an attorney that the assemblies of God has had for years. Attorney, uh, uh hammer. What a last name to be an attorney. He's a graduate from Harvard. He's one of the best well-known attorneys ever. He did the big Hobby Lobby cases with the Supreme Court. I mean, he's on that level of an attorney. And he just recently retired, but they, sh- they showed this picture years ago, a couple of years back at general counsel, just to—he didn't even know they were going to do it, but even though he's this high-class, overqualified Sunday school teacher, they wanted everybody to know— what a servant leadership is. And I saw this picture. I kept this picture. I want to show you to you. This is him teaching his little elementary Sunday school class that he taught for 18 years with being a Hobby Lobby attorney. And I just want you to know that serving is something we will never, ever outgrow. Jesus modeled it. I can even, and I've kept that picture as a pastor. That reminds me. Now, yeah, we delegate and thank God we've got other people that help do things around here because I wouldn't have a sermon that would be worth getting past the first front row if I was here cutting grass, turning the lights on, getting the air conditioned, playing drums, leading worship, hallelujah, being the last to leave here and everybody's problems, praying for you and deliver a hot message. (laughs) That's why God's given us all of it. And I thank God this church is filled with leaders that are servant leaders and men. In fact, if you are a man and you serve in River Kids or Royal Rangers as a mentor or a life group leader, will you mind standing right now, altar team? Will you just stand right now? If you are a man and you serve, God bless you. 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 you. And for Bob, who's in the River Kids today on Father's Day, serving in our River Kids. Come on. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Amen. And and I just, there's something about little boys looking up and seeing a man in there. And Phil, that's in the sound room. Thank you, who's operating the cameras today. And Ricky, who's behind it, but Phil's in the sound room today. And Dave Smith, who's in that little room back there. While we're enjoying the service, they're in there making sure people online can see us. And those of you that are online, God bless you, amen, for supporting the ministry. Those of you that live too far to attend and things like that. But my point is this, is I thank God for what we have. I want to celebrate that as we move forward. Amen? Now, to the real message. Give me a couple more minutes here. This is the part that I think is the most important. Most of us men can relate to everything I've done said. We're a pretty good dad, putting our kids first, being a servant leader. I was always the last one. If we had one can of raviolis, my girls got it before I did. Unless it was the really good Chef Boy RD. Then we had it rock, paper, scissors. But my kids will eat first before I eat because I can eat another day. My kids come first and most dads are just right there with me. That's a natural thing. Most of us are providers. You work hard. And that's something that's been in my family for years. Watching my mom and dad or my dad, my uncle's coming home from working in the factory. My grandfather was a farmer and he had to quit school in third grade back in those days because farming was that big of a deal and he was a hard-working man. He could take a bale of hay with one hand and throw it up to the, second, to the first level in a barn. I know it may not be impressive to when I heard about it and I was only seven years old, I thought my grandpa was Superman. My mom's dad, Grandpa Patterson. I have grew up around men that worked hard. My uncles were welders. My dad, being an auto worker, would come home and be so tired, would lay on the floor, be passed out because they work you hard at the auto plant. Come on, Tomas, don't they? You make, you make them cars all day, every day, repeat and repeat and repeat for years providing for your family. So most of us men know that already about being a hard worker. But here's what we need, and that's good. Let's keep doing it. But the scripture and the definition of a father is more than just providing food on the table. Here's the spiritual side of it. We need to go from a king to a priest. I want to talk about the spiritual leadership that we are called to do as men and as fathers to our home. Awaken the kings and priests. And a priest of the home is this. I want every man, everyone take a picture of this, write it down. If you're watching online, snapshot it, whatever. They write it down, the definition of a priest of a home. This is what God wants us men to do. A priest of the home is one who provides spiritual leadership, protection, and provision to the household. That's what God expects of us men. And listen, like I said, I couldn't do any of this, and you can't either, but God has given us his Holy Spirit to do that very thing, to provide spiritual leadership. Now, come on, you that's intimidating to, to do that, but you and I are called to do that as men. It's to provide leadership for our family. Getting back to the car thing. My dad used to always say, boys, you need to lead your family when it comes to God, and because your wives can't follow a parked car. That's how my dad talked to us. Boys, put get on the gas. You be the one. You be the one. And that's a mantle that us men can wear. Women do it, and unfortunately, some women are, are having to do it because the man is not there. But men, God has called the husbands to do that. It was never intended for a wife to lead the family spiritually. Just like it was never intended for for men to get pregnant and have children. I'm not saying that's the only, oh, that natural for women to do. And I don't care how messed up our society gets. At the end of the day, females are the only gender that has babies. I'm just, that's simple biology. You call it whatever you want, that's simple biology. I'm just saying that, okay, anyway, you get what I'm saying. Naturally for men, it's there. And here's the thing about men, you just gotta, you just gotta do it. Just, do it yourself, and it's amazing how easy your family goes. You ever go to a Tigers game? You look back, and you got a whole family, wife. And she may be even knitting. Or she may be on Facebook, maybe eating hamburgers with the kids, they all got jerseys on though probably none of them really like the game but dad does, let me say what happened, it's a perfect example, the wife probably can't even tell you what Tigers baseball is all about but because dad just simply has it on all the time and simply talks about it, buys the tickets and what, mom follows the lead and there you have families after families after families sitting in those stands same way spiritually, dad just get your bible out and begin to read it, just begin to talk about God a little bit more. Begin to just say, hey, we're going to church today, family. We're going to church. Get them clothes out Saturday night, because tomorrow is Sunday morning. I'm helping us today. It becomes a part of our culture. This is the family that God intended this to be. Now, let me show you something here. The book of Ephesians 5 says, husbands is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. Here's another scripture that some women go... (gasps) I don't want no man over me. And culture goes, ain't no man gonna be, I mean, there's really, but I want you, no, 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 come on, defuse that for a moment. Again, if you read the whole chapter, men have it pretty tough, and I'll get to that in a minute. But don't be afraid of the word head, the head of a wife as Christ is the head. You know what that is? Take the word H out, H-E-A-D, and put the, word, the letter L. It simply means the head of the home is to lead in these areas. The very next verse, for instance. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself, he died for the church. Husbands, you are to be the lead lover. You need to be the the lead lover in your house. I just had that song, the overweight lover in the house. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's my pop cultural reference. I apologize. It just pops in there. Pray for me. Heavy D, the old rapper, the overweight lover in the house. Okay, you need to be the lead lover in your house, guys. This one, the point, seriously. You are the lead lover in the house. You are the lead in this area, naturally. And it's something, you know, wives are told to respect their husbands. And I wasn't going to put this in there, but here I go. It is important. The language that women speak is Love. They speak, that's just their primary love. When they feel loved and cherished and nurtured, you get the queen. When they get neglected and they feel second class and, and get blowed off all the time, you get anything else but that queen. <laughs> but let me tell you, ladies, something. Same thing. The language that men speak, according to Ephesians 5, it's not love, it's respect. Men crave respect. This is why many times us get in the wrong groups and street gangs and crazy things like that in the inner city. It's 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 crazy to believe, but deep down, those are boys wanting to feel to belong to someone. It's a twisted way to illustrate that, but that's just, again, my context. But many men join and do the craziest things and all because we crave that respect. Let me just say this to men. Men, the Bible says in Titus that older men are to teach the younger men, watch this, to walk in a manner worthy of respect. In other words, a kingdom man don't demand respect, we're given respect because it's the way we carry ourselves. Single women, let me just give you a little heads up here. Let me do little. Don't ever marry a man you can't respect. I told my girls that don't ever marry a man you can't respect. Now us guys and your husbands don't have to have it all together. They don't have to have all the answers, but there should be something in your man that you can look up to even if they're shorter than you. I mean, no, I've had that issue. Thank God my wife's a little shorter than me. That's just something I pray for personally, but amen. But when she puts those heels on, we're eye to eye because we are equal. Again, that was an insecurity I had growing up, to be honest with you. But I'm saying there ought to be something in a man that you find that you can look up to. Now, if you're already married, it's too late. Seriously, you need to work that out, and you can work that out. You can shore up the weaknesses that your husband has. But let me tell you something, if you respect your husband like a king, you'll get a king in return. If your mom, mother your, your husbands and treat them like a joker, you're going to get a joker. I'm just saving a three-hour seminar right now. That's based on Scripture. Find something, sisters, that you can respect your husband on and tell him that. Well, that's insecure if I need to tell him. No, it ain't. Just like it's not insecure for him to take, like the man and wife came to a marriage counseling office and the biggest problem was, and he said to the wife, so what's your problem? What are you really feeling? He said, well, my my husband hasn't told me that he loves me. And he looked and said, why haven't you told her that you love her? He said, well, I told her I loved her with the day we got married 35 years ago and nothing has changed. And if it's changed, I would have told her. Someone think that's the same way. No, no, no. You need to be intentional on telling how much and showing how much you love in return. You get that respect. So that's a note somewhere in there that's not in my notes. But you are to be the lead lover. Listen, husbands, love in public. Couples, please, fight in private. Fight in private. You're gonna fight. I mean, Melinda and I, in fact, we've been married tomorrow 30 years. Someone just told me, man, what what, what were you, kids? (laughs) Yeah. So we don't fight, but you can hear us disagreeing all the way in Taylor down the street. But here's one thing, we don't fight in front of our kids. We used to. We would throw down. I ain't going to tell you no stories. I done woke everybody back up. like, oh, this is going to be good. No. I'll tell you what they were, though. We threw down. I mean, they got into big fights, and I'm going to stop talking. But we learn to, but you know what I'm intentional on doing? It's always been loving in public. Let's keep going. Men, lead lover. Secondly, lead in prayer and worship. This is something that, I don't know, we lost it. Where does it say in the Bible that wives are to be the spiritual leader? Where is that in the Bible, that wives are to be the one that does enough praying for both of us? That's garbage. That's culture garbage. That is, that is demasculating you in more areas than you think. And the enemy has made you think that that is tough and to be cool because you won't humble yourself in prayer. That's street pride. That's the pride that made a, made a devil out of an archangel. Just imagine what it would do to you. A real man. Jesus was the realest man I ever knew. There was nothing wimpy about him by taking seven inch nails in his hands, carrying a cross 130 pounds over 100 feet after being beaten like a a pulp and having nothing to eat for a day and a half. But he did that for you and for me. To stand there in front of Herod, an earthly king and be humiliated and spit upon at any moment. He could have called 12 angels of heaven to come down and sweep that place out. But he humbled himself because he loved you and me and became a servant leader. That's a man. That's a man. It's not a man by how many women you can have sexually, but how faithful you can stay to one. It's a man. I'm not having the dirtiest jokes and to be the biggest clown, but to walk with integrity in the character of Christ. So when people look at you saying, I don't know what that man has, but he's got something that I've never seen, but I want it. That's the anointing. And that's the power that God has put on us that comes with the high priest. And that comes as being the lead prayer in worship. Paul says this in First Timothy. He says, I desire therefore that men, everybody say men. Amen. Men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without anger or doubting. Isn't this something how he manages to mention anger every time he talks about men? Because that is a problem that we have, is our anger problems. But i am tell you, the Spirit of God can help us get control. And one of the ways is right here, by worshiping. Instead of, listen, put it in reverse. If you don't give it to God in worship, you got to deal with it. And that's why you're angry all the time. Because you haven't learned to release it to the God of heaven. You haven't learned to humble yourself and say, God, I get mad at my, at my life. But God, I'm going to humble myself and give it to you. I'm going to lift up my hands. I'm going to worship you. There is something that releases in a man that does that. Listen, King David was the most manliest man I've ever met. Taking a, a giant out, but he was the most passionate worshiper you've ever met. He worshiped with all of his might. His Bible, the Bible says he danced before the Lord with all of his might. Have you ever danced with all of your might? Some of y'all have. Oh, I mean, you're, you're out there sweating. He danced and he was sweating. He was busting the move out there. Probably had a little piece of little carpet or cardboard and spinning and I don't know what. He was dancing with all of his might because he was happy to be in church and the Ark of the Covenant was coming. His wife, Micah was her name, when it was over, when church was over, he said, she said to him, you know, you embarrass me today. You're supposed to be a king and a man and you out there looking like a fool lifting your hands and worship and all like that. David said, what? I love this. He said, woman, you don't know what God's done for me. Come on, man, I don't mean to get you clapping and excited. Listen to what I'm telling you. He said, woman, you don't know what God's done for me. And if you think that's undignified, I'm going to get even more undignified than that. And he began to really throw down and really bust a move. And the scripture says this, this weird scripture at the end of that story. And it says that Micah never had kids from that day forward for the Lord closed her womb. Isn't that a very interesting scripture? And I believe it is very connected by her demasculating his spiritual walk with God. Those of you ladies that's been serving the Lord longer than your husbands, go ahead and let him show you a scripture out of Proverbs and act like it's the biggest deal that you've never heard in your life. Let your husband lead. Take the foot off the gas and let him lead in this. If he wants to come down here and worship, let him worship. If he lifts his hands in church, let him lift his hands. I'm not saying no one here has an issue with that, but sometimes the little things we do like that goes a big way with men. But men, we are to lead in worship. We are to lead in prayer. Are you with me? I'm closing with this. We are to lead in Bible knowledge. Men, we are to know our Bibles better than our wives. I'm just going to say it. You need to. We we need to know where I I can't. But you know your fantasy football. I mean, you can tell me how to tear down an eight-cylinder engine. You know how to do this. You can you can put horseshoes on a horse in thirty-seven seconds. I don't know if anybody here can do that. But we can do all. We can eat a pound of beef jerky without getting heartburned. We can we can hit a bow. We can get a twelve-point buck a hundred yards away with the ear flickering. And I mean, we have all of these things that we give our time to. And I'm telling you, it's there. Let's put down the plowshares and pick up the word of God and get in our word and lead our family into Bible. Just get your Bible out, sit it next to you on the couch and watch, watch. Do it every day. Do it every day. I'll challenge you on Father's Day. Get your Bibles out. I know they're on your phone. Get a hard copy. Or you can use your Bible, I'm sorry, or your phone. Somehow let your kids see you read the Bible. Do it every day the best you can for one month. And watch, I'll give you $100 if your kids do not come up to you, sit next to you, and are interested in what you're reading. Be intentional. I don't care if they're out back. Take your Bible out back here. We do all kind of silly things anyway for anything else. Do that. And you watch. Your kids, especially your sons, is going to say, what's daddy doing all the time? They naturally, the first hero of any kid is their dad. They naturally are going to want to see what you do. Friend, that's how you lead your family. That's right. And I want to end with this scripture as the worship team comes and I want us to respond and pray and then we'll go and put steaks on the grill or a big chunk of spam. <laughs> steaks are expensive. <laughs> if you're in here and so far things that I said was like, man, I can't live up to that. I don't know if I could do that, Pastor Eddie. That, that's a lot. Okay, spam is over. <laughs> There's a scripture I wanted to just show the last thing for today about Israel when they didn't have any men to do what I just described to you. It says in the very last scripture, if you have that, for a long time, Israel has been without a true God and without a teaching priest. Maybe you come from a family for a long time has not had you had a king he provided oh he provided work 50 60 70 hours a week you hardly even see dad oh he's a king he's got it but i'm here to awaken the priests and there's not a teaching priest that's been in your family some of you for generations you know what happens and without law there's no law there's no order i'm not going to preach it but i can go all day on that but look what happened but when in their trouble, because trouble's gonna come without a priest in your home. Trouble's gonna come even if you are a priest in your home. And when trouble comes, they turned to the Lord God of Israel and they sought him. And what does that say? And they found him. If you are listening to me today, I haven't really lived up to this. You can turn and make a decision on this Father's Day. Listen, I want this to be more than just a Father's Day sermon. You're a good dad. Go start the lawnmower or whatever else, and we go home. And we need some priests. We need some kings and some priests in our homes today that's there for our kids. And if you feel like you haven't been there or struggling, then today can be the day that you really turn it on. you bow your heads right now if you need Jesus Christ to to forgive you of your sins and come into your life you simply just ask him to forgive you of your sins turn to God it's a decision you choose to live for God you choose to follow him ask him to forgive you of your sins come into your life and from this day you will follow him that's it and you will be saved if you're watching online or here in person you pray that prayer now pray it tomorrow Pray I pray you pray it now if you don't know the lord and it will happen But for the men at home or here today that would say pastor eddie I just I want I want to be a king and a priest Does any man want to be a king and a priest here today If you are saying, I want to be a king and a priest Why don't you just stand to your feet right now all the men whether you're a father or just a, a man Not just a man, but you don't have kids if you want to be a king and a priest, come on, everybody with your heads bowed, just men stand if that's you. You got to respond somehow to this message. I believe in responding to the message. And I want to pray over all of you today, but I want you to want this, man. I wanted this. I didn't want to be the dad that dropped the ball with my two girls, man you got to want it, first of all. And I hung on every word my pastor would say about men. I went to all the men's thing that I could because I wanted to. I was in my dad's back pocket for two years, literally, almost every day. Teach me, Dad. I I, I know I should have learned this already, but I was preoccupied. And I want to just pray over you today. I want you to do one more thing. I'm an altar guy. This is an altar church. We believe in the altar. If you really want this, I want to pray over you. will not you slide out of your seat? Come up here, all you men, and fill this altar up. Come on, ain't nobody laughing at you. We want this, don't we, guys? The rest of you ladies, don't we want this? Come on, don't we want them to come up here? I want you to just stand and fill this altar today. Just stand and fill this. I want to pray over all of you look at these men look at these awesome men today hallelujah hallelujah just come on up here yes there's room in the middle come 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 oh man this is great this is great this is great just lift your hands to the lord Just close your eyes and get focused on god right now whatever's going to happen today it can wait it'll happen this is a moment i believe that there is a spiritual anointing that i am going to impart on you the holy spirit is by this prayer And I'm saying this to expect something out of your heart today because it will happen just like that. There's power in prayer. You can be awakened, and I pray you are awakened to the truth. Truth has been going on. The truth has been that you have been a king. You have been a father, but today you're going to know that truth. And you're going to walk in that truth. All it takes from you is to desire and surrender Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Just connect with God right now in your mind by faith. Just keep your mind on God. Let the Holy Spirit just move over this right now. The rest of you back there, and those of you that are at home, you can just pray with us. If you're a man at home and you're standing at your house or wherever you're watching us, I want to pray over you as well. Just kind of focus in on what I'm saying right now. Empty your heart, your mind, and just focus on this message today that God has given his life to make you a king and a priest. And you're going to start being the lead lover, the lead prayer, the lead worshiper, the lead in Bible knowledge. You're going to learn that. You can do it. You can do it, men. You can do it. After Father's Day, I'm going to check on you. Not just one week. This is going to be a changing moment in your life. I want to see people, you men, sign up today for life groups. I don't care if you can't make every one. You sign up anyway and you try to get in one. This has got to stop in our culture. Pornography has got 80% of y'all, of us men. And it's a lie from the pit of hell. Society says you're not important. That everybody else can be a man, whoever they feel. That's a lie out of the pit of hell. You are anointed to be who you are. And only what you are can affect your family. Only you, the way God has made you. So you've got to get in there and get in the game. Put the jersey on. Say, I'm I'm going. And God says, I've been waiting on that. And he's going to pour out his spirit. Now just lift your hands to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pour out your spirit on on these men right now. Pour out your spirit on these men today, right now. Things are broken off of their life. I break in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, I break addictions. I break habits. I break hang-ups in the name of Jesus that has stopped these men from being a priest of their home maybe they've had bad examples or had an absent father God you're going to fill that gap today you're going to fill them with your spirit today and they're going to walk in the integrity of a priest of their home whether they've had it or not they are, they are going to make a change right now that's what I'm praying over every man that's here and every man that's watching in the name of Jesus Father in the name of Jesus So I laid my hands and stretched my hands over them as the priest of this church and a messenger of the gospel of Jesus Christ on this Father's Day today. I pray an anointing will come upon your kings today to be servant leaders. And I pray an anointing to come upon these men today to be the priest of their home. In the name of Jesus, priest of their home priest of their home, priest of their home, a priest of their home in Jesus' name. Just receive it today. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, and God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people. And you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.